Hi, you're listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. This is your host of Dinner Party, Chef Amy Sins. And today, live in our virtual studio, I have Chef Chris Motto with Jubin's Restaurant. He is my new cooking BFF. Uh, We got to work together just recently and have uh, worked alongside of each other a few times. And I said, Chris, you got to join me. Thanks for coming today. Thanks for having me, Amy. It's great to see you. Um, We're both gluttons for punishment, I assume. So that's why we keep running into each other. Yeah, we keep, for my listeners out there, uh, Chef and I have done a few uh, Louisiana seafood board competitions together, as well as uh, serving some great Louisiana seafood out in the heat of Louisiana (laughs) for groups. Uh, We recently did an event. I think there were hundreds of people there. And when I rolled up, I went, oh, my goodness, we're not in the air condition. But, but you're never in the air condition when you're working, right, Chef Chris? No, not too often. I think we have one in the kitchen. You can't feel it. Um, especially this summer, it's been extra fun with our return air that you need for the hood system. So it's just pulling in some extra hot air into the kitchen to pull the smoke out at the same time. You can't win. You know, I don't think our listeners out there really understand what it's like and the dedication and commitment it takes to get food on a plate in a restaurant in the middle of July and August in South Louisiana. Can you tell people what it feels like and what the sounds are like on a crazy, chaotic, busy, hot day in the kitchen? It's, uh, it's, it's, Organized chaos, I guess, to say it say it best. I think picture people picture the white press coats and everyone in it and calmly working together and pushing out food, but it's not like that whatsoever. You know, it's uh it's communication, but on a much louder level. You have to kind of scream over the next person at times. You have multiple banquets going on or six or seven different things at the same time and trying to orchestrate all that. It's a lot of deep breaths at time to gain your composure, but somehow it always works out, you know, with the right people, this heat is not helping. Um, It adds another level to that mental game that we're already playing to get through this at times. And uh, it's just rolling with the punches, you know, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. The shift will always come to an end at some part. And then you, you celebrate and you start over and do it again the next day. So, you, as you know, it takes a special kind of person to do this. You have to be a little insane. <laughs> you have to be a little insane and you have to love it. And what is it about this job and this career that just keeps you doing it every day man i have been doing this i guess for 20 years now and i can tell you i have contemplated changing career paths countless times i always come to the same conclusion i don't know what else i would do because i do love it so much you know it it takes a certain sacrifice to do this um 
but when you're passionate about something, you don't even notice it as much, right? Because you're you're enjoying what you do. I, I thrive in the chaos. Um, I'm not well with quiet spaces, <laughs> you know, or, or being alone. There's that camaraderie that comes along with working in the kitchen that I think is irreplaceable. You make lifelong friends. Um, I enjoy the mentoring aspect of not only teaching someone the things that I've been fortunate enough to learn, but on a life level and watching some of these young boys or ladies grow into men and women, you know, and, and helping coach them on a life path. Um, you get the gratification of setting that food in front of someone and creating that memory or making that anniversary or birthday special. Um, but someone has to make that sacrifice. Someone has to skip out on the holidays all the time with their friends and family to create that experience for someone else. And uh, you have to be 100% every day. You know, chefs don't get off days. You can't be mediocre. It's it's not accepted. We're expected to be superhuman in a sense. But I, I love and it. <laughs> is there... was. Was there a point in your life where you just kind of had this aha moment and you said, this is my passion and this is the direction I want to go? Or did it just kind of happen and then you embraced it? I think it kind of just happened to me. So I've always enjoyed cooking growing up. Um, easy to find me in the kitchen with my grandmother or prepare meals for the family. You know, while my mom was a teacher, she would take something out the freezer to thaw in the morning. I would get home a little early um, and be able to start that meal, you know, and it's probably as simple as throwing a lot of things in a black iron pot and sticking it in the oven, you know. Um, came to Baton Rouge for college, never thought this would be my career path. Um, I applied to two places, one being a restaurant and one being The Gap uh, as a freshman. <laughs> and The Gap didn't hire me. So it's I was like two different, <laughs> two uh, totally different spectrums. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking for a paycheck at that point. Uh, I went on and I completed my college degree while working through restaurants. Um, during that time, I had moved from dishwasher to line cook to doing a little bit of management, um, was going to take a year off after college before pursuing law school was the original plan. And somewhere in that year, I decided that I really enjoyed this cooking thing and I was going to go after a little bit more. I always say this profession chose me more than I chose it. Um, so I quit my little LaMadeline job as my bakery manager or whatever and went and got just some grungy line cooking jobs and I, and I loved it just the uh the energy in the kitchen and it was just so much to learn you know the fast pace it, it fit my lifestyle at the time um the party and after and it was okay to have tattoos and I was just accepted in this community um and just kind of kept pushing with it. And then after a while, I realized I'm getting kind of good at this. You know, you just see yourself doing it a little better than the people you were looking up to at the beginning. Um, I got my first fine dining, full scratch job at Galatoire's Bistro in Baton Rouge. And that's where I got to work with Brian Landry, who is absolutely incredible. Um, 
just from his calmness, his skill set, and the way he can talk to people and relate. So he just kind of pushed that passion. And you start to see the fancier things or the things done perfectly, uh, the brunoise, and then, the, you know, you're making sauces and stuff from scratch. Are you seeing the different specials? And it's not just robot-like cooking, right? So you're working alongside a whole line of future executive chefs. And so it gives you that competitive edge. Like you're just, oh, we want to make it better than the next person and just kept driving it. And Brian's one that told me, if you can cook here, you can cook anywhere. And I was foolish enough to believe it. <laughs> and so I just kept going with it. And it's been great for me, though. So, well, so for my listeners out there, uh, I uh, I started Googling Chris and I was like, OK, Google and chat GPT. What are some interesting questions and things and fun facts all about Chris? And it it came up with Chris was on Hell's Kitchen. Ask him about being on TV. And then Chris tells me before, oh, no, there's way more stuff about me on Google. But let's <laughs> let's first start. OK, you were a TV star and the so. Internet is forever and it's still coming up. How long ago was that? Man, so this was filmed in 2017. Um, and it took two years before airing. So all the non-disclosures and keeping the secret about where I disappeared for a month and all that, but completely naive to the entire experience. Starting with, I never watched the show. I never applied. Uh, I was contacted. One thing led to another. And I got picked out of these thousands of applicants. Uh, contemplated not doing it. This was right after the, the great flood in Denham. So I had a bunch of family without homes and whatnot. And yet I'm trotting off to LA to go do essentially a recorded job interview with 15 other chefs, you know? But I felt like it was a good opportunity and I wouldn't pass it up. I also thought no one watched this show. So it didn't matter that no one would see me <laughs> on TV. Um, it turns out it was like the number one reality show on television at the time. And it aired on primetime Fox. So I was wrong. So lots of people have seen it and lots of people have questioned the decisions that I've made for, for my own life, but I wouldn't have replaced it. It, it was a great experience altogether. Um, it, it helped elevate my career. It gave me, I guess, some legitimacy, but it also the response from all the fans and whatnot has been overwhelmingly incredible. Um, the support I received from fans seeing that you don't have to be a Gordon Ramsay level chef to be successful in this. You know, you can be yourself and you can enjoy what you do and that's okay too. And I think for a while people saw the, the TV chefs and think that's the ultimate goal. But you can impact your own community and, and do things in your own towns, you know, that are just as respected or, you know, you know, you're always doing charity work. I mean, you're everywhere, too. We both do the same stuff. You know, I, I have a terrible problem with saying no, um, because it's an ability that we offer. It's something that we do. 
we can brighten someone's day. You never know what people are going through. And it's our way of, of giving back, you know, it's, it's awesome. And, you know, we do, we give back so much. And I think the hospitality community in general, restaurants, hotels, uh, bars, it's in our souls. What we do is to be hospitable and to show people a good time and make people happy and enjoy that. Is there something that you're passionate? I know you said earlier you like to mentor people, but is there something that you're super passionate about that you do use your culinary skill to help? Um, I've done a lot with coastal restoration for one. Um, After hurricanes Ida and Delta down in Cameron, I teamed up with a friend and we were going down there with U-Hauls of supply and aid uh i was cooking for called it feed the fleet bringing all the the fishermen together and just giving them a moment to like have a hot meal for one when they haven't had any power or supplies but also a time to just enjoy the moment um to put them in contact with all the resources they needed to get the aid and stuff like that um unfortunately they were hit with the second hurricane a week later and whenever I rushed down there with man, probably 800 meals or so, that's when I quickly realized it didn't matter how many I brought because it had been days since people had eaten, you know, and just showing those people that someone cared in a small town like Cameron meant the world to them, you know, um, and it it humbles you and it brings you back down that there's there's bigger things out there. But if everybody just kind of does their part and shows some kindness, it goes a long way. It keeps people from giving up, you know. And to see the look on someone's face, you know, I went through Katrina. Our house was on the levee break. I've, you know, my family had in Ascension Parish experienced the flood in 2016. But there is something about one being on the receiving side of that kindness and to have that moment where a stranger cares about you, but two, as the the giver or the cook, to see the smile on someone's face whenever they get to eat something besides a granola bar, it's just, it's amazing. Talk about yes. that. It, it, you can't put it into words though. Like these people were driving two hours to get gas, you know, it's, uh, they had nothing around and they're, they're a coastal city, but they do so much for the state with all the seafood, you know, that's a very simple way of life. So to just provide them with a hot meal and, and a, a blanket, you know, just some, some very, the things we take for granted. Um, I'll never forget that experience. Um, another one is like the children, the children always get me. Whether it's March of Dimes or McMains, St. Lillian's, it's like you you kind of become a voice for the voiceless, you know? You're there to help the people that can't help themselves. And it's it's all about the future, you know? It's not it's getting to a point where I don't feel like it's as much as what I do as a chef at this point, but it's what the people that have worked with me do. It's uh legacy so to speak you know it's how have i impacted these other young people in their lives and watching them be successful 
whether it's through this industry or otherwise, is it's truly just rewarding, you know? I love that. And I totally agree. Uh, I just spoke with someone at Loyola University. And one of the questions they asked me was, you know, why do you still work with students? And why are you working with students in the entrepreneur program? And I said, there's something about seeing that moment, that aha moment when someone's confidence grows and they realize they can achieve their goals. And it's exciting for me to see that because it renews my excitement in what I do because right. you're like, oh my God, they're so excited. They love their job. They're going to grow up and be amazing. And then, you know, 10 years later, you're still talking to people and you're realizing they're, they are accomplishing their dreams. And you're just like one little step yes. in that it's process. I always tell my cooks that like, I'm going to tell you a lot of particular things that I have learned the hard way. Right. So, but I give an explanation with everything and I'm like, I'm going to be repetitive at times, but one day it's all going to click and it's all going to come together like karate kid, you know? <laughs> and, and when you see that moment where it clicks and it, it's just, it's enlightening to them, you know, and that's when they really get fired up. And that's when they want to push themselves and they're just little sponges for more information. You know, you're trying to see what else you can show. And uh, that's, that's why you got to just keep going and keep mixing it up, you know, and nobody wants to be the robot back there and see the same things every day. I always explain cooking like music, you know, everybody loves music. You don't want to hear the same song all day long. So you, you keep it fresh and you, you keep trying new things, right? Absolutely. And, you know, in that, you know, exploration in your journey, and I know different chefs take different paths. Some go to culinary school, some work their way up from dishwasher, some dive in with both feet and either sink or swim, right? What, what have you learned that you, you look back and you go, this was a tremendous life lesson and it just, it translates no matter what i think just realizing that you can learn from everyone is the most important thing in a kitchen it's not just the chef above you um it's paying attention to everything around you someone can come in that has never cooked before but just see something with a different set of eyes and point that out you know and it, it's aggravating <laughs> after doing it for so long. You're like, why didn't I think of this? But but that's the beauty of it. And and having that open door communication with everyone to make them feel comfortable and, and make them feel included because we're all family when it comes down to it, right? We spend a lot of time in this hot, stressful environment together. Uh, but knowing that you're there for that person, no matter what, thick and thin, that's that's the best part about it and it definitely is family and i feel like uh you know just this week i posted something on facebook about employees that worked for me eight years ago and how much i miss working with them and how fun that was but you know they've moved on they're in new careers and we still stay in touch talk about what it's like and what that family environment is like at jubins and how that affects what y'all do for customers every day yeah um 
you know, Jubin's, we've been open a little over a year now since the remodel. So I've been very fortunate with turnover in my kitchen. Um, I feel like once I get the people in there, I'm not quick to give up on them. And in turn, they're not quick to give up on me because it's that progression. But it's nice to see it a year out now and realize how far some of these cooks have come. And that's that's exciting to where they're ready to step up for the next level. And they're in turn, like you said, pushing me, you know, like, hey, we need to learn more. So doing some more dinners and we set up some wine dinner series and stuff like that. But it all ties into to giving that customer a great experience. Um, being an older chef, I'm not so angry towards the front of house like I may have been 15 years ago, right? We're all on the same team. So it's it's not a yelling, screaming environment over here. It's it's helping each other out as much as you can and picking people up when they're down and knowing you're as good as the person next to you, you know? But we try to create a magical moment when you're in here, you know? We got a beautiful space. So when you walk in here and you start just seeing the ambiance, it's going to draw you in. So we got that leg up right there. We just got to not mess it up the rest of the way. So, but it's hearing your customers, you know, accepting honest feedback and, and remembering those little things, whether it's the specific way they want their cocktail or, you know, certain allergies and making all the accommodations and the off menu things, because that's what separates a restaurant like this from a Chili's. You're not just limited to a menu, right? What are some of the dishes that y'all are putting out of the kitchen right now that you go, this is spectacular, you have to have this, or you just, it's just, you're supposed to have this when you come to Jubin's. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jubin's is known for that hallelujah crab. Uh, that would be the, the iconic dish over here, which is the stuffed soft shell crab that's fried and all the legs and whatnot are praying so to speak um and it's an impressive thing but i suggest trying some of the newer stuff you know we have a great beef program here with 44 farms uh the freshest seafood the goal here i want to be able to tell you exactly where all of your food comes from. So whether it's the Aura King salmon that we use that I can literally tell you how long that fish has been out the water through a tracking number um, or the quality beef or the local seafood or using chem-free shrimp, which you know isn't the easiest thing to find and you'd be surprised. The local farms and, the, you know, having my little tomato guy come back here and it's just a the respect of the ingredients, but being able to tell someone about why we're using these ingredients, no matter what dish it is, that's, that's a joy in itself, you know? Are there any things that y'all are playing around with or um, shaking things up with in the kitchen? Any uh, like crazy flavors? Are you focused with the classics? What's your goal? Uh, with Jubin's and the, I've kind of taken a, we have a theme of history loves company. So started off with a more traditional take or taking some of the older Juban classics and then reinventing those with a modern twist. Uh, for example, I have a oyster Rockefeller, but 
instead of just being the half shell that's stuffed and baked, you know, I have my Rockefeller stuffing and then I do fried oysters on top with pickled fennel and Cajun caviar and, you know, hot sauce per blanc. I give it a different feel and texture and more refined, but we're constantly doing new dishes, um, playing around with specials and, and lately wine dinners and wine pairings and we get some feedback and it's great going out and interacting with these tables on an intimate level of 35 people to where I can see the excitement and like, you know, this should be on the menu or that, or um, people enjoying what they think is the best meal they've had here. And it just keeps pushing you, you know, Um, I'm trying to think brunch has been really fun here too. So we've redone the brunch menu. It's, It's got a little bit of everything for you from, chicken fried quail and waffles to um a crawfish boil hash like i made for the cook-off the other day but it's also got live jazz music pumping the energy through here so just an, it's all about the energy in juvens we're, we're going with that modern fine dining take to where it's not stuffy and and you feel like you have to be on your best behavior but you can come out and you can celebrate life all together no matter what the occasion is and it it's it feels great and and people in new orleans you we love to celebrate life and i think everyone in louisiana does and uh, part of having you on the show today was because i feel like the summer as people have more time it's a great opportunity to hop in the car, take a road trip, and go explore some great meals. And I feel like Jubin's is an excellent place to do that. We have just a, another couple minutes. Would you mind telling everybody how they can find y'all, when you're open, all that good stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So we're part of Baton Rouge, uh, essentially the corner of Acadian Thruway and Perkins Road. We're open seven days a week. We do 10 a.m. on the weekends for brunch, 11 o'clock the other days. And we're pretty much open until the last (laughs) seat has been taken care of, you know. But um, we do try to close a holiday or two, like we will be closed for the 4th of July. To let our uh, guys back here celebrate with their families. But we're easy to find. Jubin's website, search at any platform, myself, Chef Chris Motto, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you're looking for. Um, and we'll keep updating with all the new things coming up. So I love it. For my listeners out there, uh, this is Chef Amy Sins. You've been listening to WRBH Radio 88.3 FM. My guest today was Chef Chris Motto with Jubin's Restaurant. I highly recommend you go check it out. And um support the restaurant so that he can continue to support the Louisiana community and uh, give back, serve great seafood and help people connect with their food. You've been listening to WRBH radio 88.3 FM. This is chef Amy Sins. until next time. Ciao. Thanks chef Chris. Thank you. Great to see you.